Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, Mark from Guitar Nerds here, bringing you some exciting news about Patreon. Now, you may have heard uh, in the last few weeks, Patreon were changing up how they were going to charge you for listening to Patreon podcasts. Um, They've actually now reversed their decision. So, if you were thinking about signing up for Patreon, or you were signed up for Patreon and have unsubscribed... Patreon have reversed the decision to make you pay the payment charges, and it's now back on us, guys. Great for us. But what it means is that you're not going to get charged any more than you're expecting when you sign up for Patreon. And the way to do that is go to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. If you want to just learn a bit more about it, you can go to the Patreon site. There's a whole blog there that tells you about how the charges work, um, and you can see all the content that we put up there at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds now another little christmas present for you we're starting this week's episode not with the regular theme song but something that was submitted by our good friend moog gravit moog's actually a patreon subscriber and he got in touch with a little remix of our good friend bo banton doing a bit of rapping and stuff so here it is the christmas uh, episode of guitar nerds um with this extra special beginning enjoy we're mm. about to blow Joe Branton's little mind. Well, maybe. So, I'm an idiot. 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 I'm an idiot. 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 I'm an idiot. 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 I'm an idiot. 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 I'm an idiot. 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 And that's not problem. I'm an idiot, 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 idiot. I'm an idiot, 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 idiot. Joe, put your trousers back on. It's just bent round. It makes me feel like a travelling giant. No, I just, I'm really into fishermen. I'm super simple. I'm an idiot. I'm having a load of fun. I'm super simple. I'm an idiot. Oh, how am I supposed to choose? I'm an idiot, 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 idiot. What the heck is Branton's rant on? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Hello. <laughs> That's uneventful. I was in a quandary. Oh, you, by the, by I the can't way, believe you. You're in way, a quarry where? By the way, you're listening to uh, the world's number one guitar podcast, <laughs> just uh, to, to let you know. Um, 
just yeah, you know, I didn't know who to introduce first because I've got so used to Matt only being a uh, temporary special guest um, that I did. You know, should we do a big reveal? Should it be Jay, Joe, and our yeah. special guest? I mean, probably, I thought, that would have probably been better. Well, yeah, yeah I, I, think, I, agree. I think that I just, been better. I just, you know, I'm ramping back up to the new the new year when we're all going to be here on every episode. Full team, fifty-two episodes. Full Monty. Yeah. I tell you what, though, I've, I've actually really enjoyed. Um, just three people being on the podcast. I mean, if it could be me, you, and Matt, that would I be mean, the dream. I mean, that's that's absolutely <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> the absolute dream. That's the that's the what we call the original. Sort of like the Three Musketeers, and then you have got D'Artagnan, <laughs> who's like the other one. Got the three good old boys, and then the nuisance one. Matt Knight, it's so good to have you back. Um, how you feeling? Where did you land? I landed uh, three. No, I landed at one thirty p.m. Sunday. Got home at 3.30, stayed up for as long as I could, which was about 7pm, went to bed, woke up at 3am, then went to work at 6.30am for 9 and then did a full day at work. Then came on here and talked to you guys. Wait, have so, you been at work today? Yeah, I've been at work today, all day. I thought you were just God. off now, in like forever. No, no, uh, oh, that is too busy, tough. too much to do. So I was at work today and potentially got some work to do tomorrow, maybe Wednesday. How about that? Blimey, <clears throat> just absolute trooper. I know, non-stop. How how's it feel to be home? Uh, amazing. Um, it really is. It was very, very weird for some of it today. Like, just getting on the bus and, like, contactless card on the bus. <laughs> like, what, someone, yeah, pay, someone tells I you to piss off. Like, <laughs> you're, you're back in the UK. Has anyone sworn at you yet on the street? Anyone been mean to you? No, i tell you one thing I did notice, actually, was... Um, so in in Japan, it's really really rude to talk on your phone on any public transport. In fact, yeah. it's kind of rude to talk at all. It's just like it's silent and it's so nice. Just sit on a train, especially like the Shinkansen, you know, a train that goes like two hundred miles an hour, and just sit there and kind of just look at the scenery and there's no noise or anything. And then like I got on the train home today, and there's one guy just like sprawled across five seats, just like on his phone, just shouting really loudly at his mate while drinking a can of Scrumpy Jack. And I'm like, oh god! Really highlights oh, god. the uh, the difference in the two societies in that uh, little uh, little uh, yeah. vignette there. Um, um, so so you- I was a bit like, oh. You, men- you mentioned before we start recording that you've been speaking Japanese to people by accident. Yeah, I tried to get past someone today. It was just blocking the way. And my instant thing was, instead of saying, excuse me, saying the Japanese equivalent, which is Shumimasen. So I was just like, Shumimasen. And the guy was looking at me and I was like, oh, wait, can I just get past? Just <laughs> um, and yeah, my pronunciation must have got slightly better because I my second to last night I ordered food in Japanese a kind of really basic Japanese but then the guy just started talking to me as though I was going to like totally understand what he was saying and then the same at the airport I was like oh no I'm just you were, I'm just practicing <laughs> yeah good enough to like do the basics but a conversation strikes up and you're flummoxed yeah and you don't realise how quickly I guess we do the same but when you're trying to like understand another language how quickly some people actually talk and i'm so used to talking english really slowly that even the guys on the last day were like yeah i don't know if you can actually speak english properly anymore because you have to like simplify the way that you say sentences uh much slower for people so yeah. i was kind of just used to really slow english as well <laughs> so <laughs> So, so it kind of feels strange which to is, talk at normal speed. I suppose that's helpful being back now with Joe Branton. Like, you, you got know, to really slow it down to uh, yeah, 
What yeah, are we doing? Yeah, yeah, you know. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ah! <laughs> Matt, I, I, I guess the other thing that's worth noting is, uh, you know, you're... you're the, wait, the, wait, wait. You've come up with a few things. But, I have. And which we will talk about. <laughs> yeah. He's come back with a whole load of stuff. Which okay. We'll talk about the gear, but the best thing that you've come back with... <laughs> Jay, I think you're about to describe it, but... I'm just going to say the, the barbers of South Croydon will be... Uh, will be Praising the Lord for the, uh, the the bounty that's about to come upon them when you walk into whichever lucky barber shop you choose to hit first. Honestly. My word, I don't know the, ma- the mafro is is in bit full effect. You say barbers, I was thinking like landscape gardener. <laughs> get bloody, the thing is, it's get been, this ground is the longest I've ever it. gone. I think this is the longest I've ever gone without cutting my hair. And I knew when I went out there, I was like, I need to get my hair cut, even after the first month, because I used to get it cut every like three or four weeks. And they were like, hmm, maybe it'll be difficult for a Japanese barber to cut Western hair because it's like it's different hair. And I'm like, yeah. I just want it shaved. And they're like, hmm, yeah, maybe impossible. I'm like, it's not <laughs> impossible, is it? So, then that, that, so like one month rolled on to two and I was like, look, guys, I need to cut my hair. And the guy was like, I was like, look, can I just have some clippers? And they're like, oh yeah, I've got some clippers. I'll bring them in. And I was like, brilliant. It's two days before Amy gets here. I can shave my head and look totally normal. And I came in, I was like, oh, have you got those clippers? And he went, ah, oh, yeah, I dropped them on the way here and they smashed. <laughs> <laughs> the, o- like, the only ah. man with uh, hair care products wild enough to tame Matt Knight's, uh, the boof that's going on at the moment. Yeah. I think it looks good. I think you should keep it. No, well, not after <laughs> no. not after three people, three different people thought I was the same mass murderer. But they, uh, <laughs> what the um, which mass murderer? Uh, good old Peter Sutcliffe. Yeah, you do look you do look quite a lot like Peter Sutcliffe. <laughs> um, obviously, audio uh, people listening to this probably won't get that. But Matt, you just, just look. You could just Google it, and then you'll it, just go. Oh, he yeah, just looks straight into the camera, and uh, it was terrifying, terrifying. Uh, so, so yeah, looking forward to getting my hair cut tomorrow. Yeah, I think um, that's um well if you if you actually manage to wangle a day off, I think that should be on your list of things to do. Yeah, yeah. Or just keep it. Keep a little Christmas throw. I'm into it. Uh yeah, it could get out. I mean it it just it the thing is what happens is it eventually just gets too heavy and then I kind of just end up with a mullet. So no, that sounds good. That sounds even better. Put some Christmas decorations into it. Mallet, the mallet. Yeah, you could call it the mallet. It's kind of between Matt and mallet. The mallet. Then, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> so I think the question that everyone's dying to know, and if you've been listening to Matt in Japan, the incredible um, tour diary that Matt's been doing over on patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, um, obviously you don't want to uh, completely repeat the stuff that you've uh, you've said there because that you know, wouldn't be great value for our Patreon subscribers. But just in a, a quick rundown, um, what things did you buy and bring back with you? So I bought uh, I bought a Boss SE70, which is a multi-effects processor from the mid '90s. Yeah, like a half rack size one, which is actually kind of cool because it's all digital effects but analog distortion. Um, yeah, I seem to remember that, and you've talked about those before, I think. Yeah, um, so I bought one of those because it was like ridiculously cheap. Uh, I bought a CE300, which was the analog rack chorus they did, which was basically like a CE2 in a in a rack course uh i bought an old long dash ds1 so like 1978 ds1 um for 21 pounds what sort of money did they go for over here like 100 to 150 quid blimey blimey it was in hard off the incredible <laughs> second hand store still the greatest shop name ever 
When, yep. Matt, question for you. When you say long dash, do you literally mean the dash in between the S and the 1 is longer? They'd made yeah. it shorter. In the, uh, in, the, in the first production, the first kind of two years of production, I think, the the dash in between the S and the 1 was slightly longer, and then they shortened it later on. Cool. Kerning? Is that what that's called? Yeah. Uh, no, but mm, no, kerning is the width between the letters. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the dashes on the traffic light pedals are, is longer as well. It was all yeah. earlier stuff. Yeah. All, right. all those all this on early stuff and when they before they switched to the uh black screw and it was like the silver screw as well. Yeah. So what else did you um, get? I I actually bought the weekend before I left, I actually managed to pick up a really early boss sd1 made in japan for 20 quid um <laughs> which was amazing i was like oh yeah i'll take that definitely um i bought what else did i buy c300 uh se70 that oh, i bought an fz2 hyper fuzz oh god boss really? pedal that everyone wants at the moment did you buy fz2 the, the analog fuzz the dual circuit analog fuzz did amazing you, did you buy anything that wasn't boss uh yes i bought the mxr very phase uh, custom shop phaser oh, which yeah, is on nice. the expression pedal oh cool uh, oh that sounds rad and that was it for non-boss products most, I was kind of out there looking for boss products specifically sure. most importantly um, when are we getting our presents uh, I want my gifts where's where's the gifts I thought it was yeah, traditional for you know if someone comes back from Japan or comes from Japan to bring us a little gift I bring you yeah, gifts. When Matt came back from Japan last time, he brought my girlfriend a gift. He bought me a gift. He bought me some Pokemon cards. I bought you all gifts. Yeah, yeah I he suppose he got Pokemon cards. Got Pokemon but he cards. got Maddie got like a Charmander build. Oh, she asked. Thing. So oh, yeah. you know, you guys didn't ask for presents. So. Yeah, yeah, we did. We asked well, every time we spoke to you. We asked. I yeah. specifically <laughs> said, please bring me back a hundred pounds. I'm hoping this is a work, oh, Matt. And sterling. You've, you've got us some excellent presents. I'm sure. Now you're just playing up to the fact that you haven't got us anything. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting them when we all get together for Gear of the Year. It's going to be uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you're settling back in. You could, you know, you could just go to like Argos and get something cool, and we'd be like, yeah, that's fine. We'll just pretend yeah, yeah. it's from Japan. Yeah, I'll just like write "Made in Japan" on it. <laughs> yeah, with just a, a marker. Well, pen. I, I did get my. Uh, I did the, get my colleague at work um, possibly the most hilarious pair of underpants ever. <laughs> that would have um, done. I would have taken that. Because uh, it has some of the best package copy ever. Um, if I find it, I'll read it out on the podcast because it is um, absolutely amazing. I love that you mentioned uh, underwear and package in the same thing and didn't make a joke yeah. out of it. Um, but yeah, no, it is actually good to be back. But I haven't got any of the gear because I shipped it all to my parents' house. Oh, so. I was going to ask, how does that work? Did you try and bring it back with you through the airport, or have you sent you sent? Sent it back to it your parents was, for Christmas. Far, yeah, it was far too heavy to try and put in my suitcase. Right, okay. All that stuff. So I was like, uh, yeah, I probably should just like send it. So I posted it. So you just, but, got, um, just got the journey back from the magical land of Ipswich to, uh, yeah. to bring it back. But my Japanese uh, colleague who I did the switch with bought 100 records. Which really? I back to him today. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think he spent nearly £1,000 on vinyl. I guess we don't have any good guitar pedals over here. They've got all the good ones, and but we've got all the good records. Yeah, but the thing is, they have some great records like that because you buy loads of weird Japanese artists you've never heard of. Like yeah, Mr. Children. Um, <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Mr. Children. I actually nearly bought the Laserdisc box set just because it was so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I, obviously, Laserdisc really took off in Japan because yeah. you can find them secondhand everywhere, but here it's like 
Yeah, yeah. Mini disc as well. There's a lot of like original music on mini disc. Whereas here, I think people yeah. just use it to like pirate from the radio and that. So, yeah, yeah. Good. Well, um, really good to have you back, Matty. Um, if you do want to catch up on what Matt's been doing every week, I highly recommend uh, Patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds, where you can listen to uh, Matt in Japan. I think it's did it end up being ten episodes? Something ten like- episodes. Yeah, ten episodes spanning all half tw- an hour long, spanning twelve weeks. Yeah, apart from one that was 50 minutes. So, yeah, over 300 hours. Wait. Which is pretty good. No, it's not 300 hours. 30 hours. Just No, sorry, 300 minutes. Yeah, sorry. yeah, fine. No, not wow, 30 300 hours. 300 hours yeah. would be great. Yeah, yeah. That's more than we've done yeah. on the actual podcast. <laughs> In fact, what Matt, he just sat down and read Lord of the Rings and, and then <laughs> made a podcast out of it. So, In yeah. Japanese. In Japanese. I, I directly translated it from Japanese. Yeah. That's yeah. why it took so long. It's um, it's good. I like you. Uh, I like what you did with it. Um, so yeah, all good. Good to have you back, Matty. Um, just I guess before we dive into any news or anything, um, we're coming up to Christmas and stuff. So we should give you a bit of an overview of what's going on with uh, with guitar nerds. This is our last regular episode before the um, before the new year. Um, and in fact, our last until the eighth of January. Is that right? Um, yeah, sure. Because sure, yeah. we're recording Gear of the Year on the 6th, which is the Saturday, I think. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm going to edit it on the Sunday, all the, the whole thing. Inevitably, it's going to be seven hours or something. Um, and then they start going up from that Monday. So, so we're not doing a regular podcast that week? No, it'll but, just be Gear of the Year because it will start on the Monday. Yeah. So, um, but we've recorded extra stuff as well for people. But there is a Christmas special going live on Christmas Day. Um, me, Jay and Joe reading through uh, an old guitar magazine, laughing at the adverts and running through their, what was it, top hundred or top 50 bits of gear yeah. from of the previous nine, 10 years. 94 God. to 2004, which is quite a cool... Uh, was it? I thought it was 97 to 2007. I thought it was something four. Like Maybe it was. I, got I can't remember. Four. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, something to look out for. But, yeah, just wanted to let you know that there's... Gear of the Year is going to be our next kind of real thing. So this is your last episode for uh, 2000 and... Well, the last one we were recording in 2017. So, yeah, lots of um, lots of fun stuff. And then we're kind of after gear of the year. It's, uh, it's NAM time. Um, and one other thing to bring up before we dive into the news. Um, Guy uh, raised something in the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Um, he said, uh, this was in reference to last week's podcast. In this week's podcast, Mark mentioned that Gordon Smith went under before being bought by Auden. As far as I know, this is not correct. The guy's just retired and sold the business. No big deal. I just thought it was an important distinction. And um, that is actually what I meant. Yeah, they um, they basically had enough of doing it and sold the business on. I don't think it, they, they went bankrupt or anything. I think it was just didn't continue on with the business and then Auden took them over. So I just wanted to make that clear because, you know, we don't want to, uh, I guess, uh, don't want to spread mistruths with this podcast. Oh, not knowingly we do it pretty much every week unknowingly but uh if we if you know if you've got corrections for things that we say primarily joe uh do uh, do put them in the facebook group when we make mistakes we put our corrections on the front page mainstream media indeed not hidden there um <laughs> or squirreled away in the credits of Infowars or something right. like that that's right yeah mainstream Alexa. media um so <laughs> with that let's dive headfirst into this week's um hot dog shaped pool of new apostle um it's pretty pedal heavy the news this week i have to say we did uh, we did some guitar stuff last week um but yeah this week 
being so close to Christmas, I think all the guitar companies have been like, right, it's, uh, just it's, wait for Nam. It's not pedal heavy, it's only pedals. Oh, that's what I mean. It's, and it's not even very heavy, because there's only three things. Okay, fine. Well, but some of them are heavy pedals. Uh, and I don't think they all look like... They no, actually, I think they're all relatively lightweight. Light, yeah. I mean, none of them could kill a man. I mean, existentially heavy. Egg, existentially. First up, Jay's vegan. He can't play one of those. Indeed. First up, Electroharmonics finally have officially announced the op amp Big Muff Pie. Matty, what's the uh, what's the details? Ah, oh, this is the best news of the year. They finally reissued the best version, in my opinion, of uh, of the Big Muff. The the op amp, the version four from 1978, uh, the one made famous by Billy Corgan. Um, I mean, they've made so many variations and they've tweaked the circuit so many times. But to me, this is the one that was always the Big Muff sound that I'd kind of known as like yeah that if you want a big muff that's that's the sound it's like the version the version four um because all the earlier ones that you kind of hear like gilmore using they're not as kind of wall of fuzz like as the as this one um and that that sound is really just that that siamese dream record and the really early um smashing pumpkin stuff but they've basically rehoused it in a nice tiny little box and used the kind of original um kind of op amp style circuit which was originally there to basically bring down costs um on the earlier version um so yeah this is the the reissue of the 78 so absolutely amazing i really want to get one and a b it with my one have you have you had a chance um, to listen to any of the videos yet yeah I've, I've, i think it sounds great i think it sounds really good um but I, you know, it's always if you've got like the direct comparison, it's worth doing. I remember when me and Jay compared a new one. This was probably like three or four years ago, maybe longer. To yeah, my longer, one. I think. <clears throat> and it was like you try the new one, you're like, yeah, it sounds good. But then you try the other one, the old one, you're like, wow, it's like it the was, difference is <laughs> massive. It was really funny because it was one of those things where people would come into the shop all the time and when you work in a guitar shop there are a few things that you hear all the time and one of those things is new big muffs don't sound don't sound as good yeah don't sound the same just old boys coming in and and just saying they don't sound as good <laughs> and i got so bored of it that i said to matt matt you've got an old electroharmonics big muff bring it in and let's do a gack video on the fact that they sound the same and dispel this rumour and um, we were like yeah great let's do it and we got everything we were ready to go couldn't do the video because Matt's one sounded so much better it was absolutely bonkers I mean when you think about it the uh, the circuit that's in Matt's is quite it's different it's very different absolutely yeah. I actually hadn't appreciated it was an op amp one at the time um, I, t- I tell you the other thing that I'm really interested in in AB and Matt and um, mm. I think it's really interesting that you say that you like this one the best because for me the um, Russian Big Muff was always my favourite. Green green Russian. Absolutely. And they've just obviously reissued that as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really cool. I think it'd be great it, to put those head to head and see how they, they stack up. Do you think uh, electroharmonics now do more Big Muffs than they do compressors? I was just thinking that. How many Big Muffs I've, are in the range? They've always done more Big Muffs than they have anything else. You I'm know, not sure you, about that. I'm not yeah, sure about that. If you include all, well, all of the Muff pedals, so yeah. like English Muffin... Um, Metal Muff, Metal Muff Mini, Deluxe Metal Muff. God, those are bad. You know, there, there are so... Don't you remember we went through and looked at all of these? Yeah, a we little did. While. It wasn't that long ago. There was... So, I mean, there must be... 
There must um, be I mean, fifteen they, different types of Big Muff. They've released at, uh, they've released at least two new Big Muffs since then. I mean, they've done two yeah, in about I mean, two weeks. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, I know the Russian one and this one come out super quick. And actually, do you know what? I hadn't really appreciated how much the value is going up on some of the Russian ones until I saw loads for sale in Japan. Like some of the prices on the green Russian Big Muffs are absolutely like horrific. I'm like, that's mental. Yeah. And then I had one of the later Russian Big Muffs in the black box, which I sold for 30 quid, and I saw one for sale for 150. I'm like, <laughs> it sounds terrible. Yeah, they're not it, very good. It was absolute garbage. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing, like, how much they're, they're commanding now. Actually, there was a funny video with one order and Nick from Gitcon where they got an old one, and one was just like, yeah, it doesn't sound very good. <laughs> Right, what, one of the Russian like Big Muffs? Yeah, and he was like, it was 350 quid. And he was like, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's 350 quid. Yeah. But actually, I heard, I've heard one of the... Um, I've heard one of the, the, the Russian ones, the the new ones, and they do sound pretty good. Yeah, it'd be interesting. If we could get those two side by side and maybe compare it with your one, Matt, I think that'd be quite a decent demo. Yeah, yeah, be, um, let's do it. Why don't we just buy one of each of the, like, nano-sized muffs and lay them out and then just switch between them in a video because it will Actually, only it'd be, it'll only cost us about 100 quid or something <laughs> yeah. so it'd be interesting to try the nano big muff which was the the one that came out a couple of years ago was it a couple of years ago yeah which is different to the little big muff because i had a little big muff ages ago and it didn't sound fantastic yeah they just keep the coming. one i wish i had was that mogwai one yeah uh, wasn't there only like that, 12 of those or something they made a hundred oh okay of those and I'd only ever seen one and it was when our old colleague Lewis Porter brought one in which wasn't his and I was like hmm steal it yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah. it sounds totally different they redesigned the circuit for that one as well so it's a totally unique one I'm, uh, I'm doing it we should do Muff Wars we should get them all oh. uh, get them all in and um, plug them all in and see what they uh, what they sound like yeah, little, I think that's a great little, idea. Little rundown. Um, talking of pedals and pedal news, Joe Branson, Death by Audio have released something that sounds like it's going to be a fuzz, but you might want to correct me on that. The absolute no, no. destruction. Yeah. You are absolutely right. It is a uh, it is a fuzz, but it's fuzz with a difference. The uh, the difference, um, obviously, how different kind of fuzz sounds. So they're, they're either you know they're either modern or they're uh, traditional. But well, I guess the the big muffs are, are, are actually. A, a counter argument to that but anyway um what is really interesting about this death by audio pedal is the nature of the controls on it so there are three controls but only one of them is rotary uh, which is the overall level of the effect it then has two sliders which in fact work in the opposite direction to each other which for me just seems to make things confusing for the way you'd use it live you have the gain and you have the overload and the overload operates um, as you'd expect that's like a self oscillating also adding an octave up sort of uh, slider which you can crank and have an absolutely crazy over the top octave up weird super modern super compressed noise gated uh, fuzz or you can you can pull that down completely the other way and like starve the circuit so you get a really like glitchy um, like broken sound yeah exactly which sounds really interesting so obviously I haven't heard this yet um, it's very difficult to judge fuzzes based on like YouTube demos and stuff but I'm really into the idea that these controls are a little bit different and 
uh, I really like supergated fuzzes and Death by Audio make great pedals. So this, uh, this seems like it's uh, it's pretty cool, pretty exciting. I like I like the idea of the sliders on the regular compact style pedals. Obviously, we've seen them on things like the ES2. Um, oh, the Ibanez, the Ibanez yeah. Echo Shifter. Yeah, um, but totally putting them cool. onto a regular kind of pedal board size pedal, I think is a neat concept. Yep, and this is only one hundred and eighty dollars, so that's you know a, a perfectly sort of average price for a, for a boutique fuzz these days. So I think it's super cool. And actually, yeah, I'm getting really into weird controls because you know what I was been checking out, spending a lot of time with is that uh, that pedal that booze. For, no, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, the uh, the very pedal that Boss for some reason have never. Never reissued, uh, but TC have done that for them. The uh, TC Electronic Dimension Chorus. Yes. Or Third Dimension. Sorry. Second Dimension? Third Dimension. Third Dimension. Yeah, um, which is great. I love just having buttons to control, um, you know, presets of, of chorus on that pedal. So the, the this pedal, listeners, if you're, if you're not aware, um, the boss originally made a pedal, which Matt has a Mauve Chorus, the Dimension C which rather than having any rotary or slider controls, just has four preset buttons, so four completely predetermined chorus sounds, and you can choose between them. You can have one of the four. Um, what TC have done is reissued, essentially, this pedal. It's, it's the same control setup. It's also Mauve. It's called the uh, Third Dimension. Uh, what's different is now not only can you choose each of these options individually, you can have any selection of them or all of them you push all the buttons in together yeah so you can use them concurrently or individually so you, you can have up to 16 different preset sounds of of course and, and the great thing is because everything's predetermined they sound good in any configuration like you know on rotary controls there's always going to be somewhere where a pedal doesn't work properly or doesn't really sound very good these are 16 really usable chorus presets and you know the pedal's 50 quid i yeah. think it's great i can't wait for the boss wazograph one <laughs> yeah, we can only hope. That Joe, just um, I've got that on the uh, on the way. Just going back to the Death by Audio. Yes. those sliders. I mean, whenever I see a pedal, whenever I see sliders on a pedal like that, I, I'm drawn to make a, a harmonic percolator. Yeah. Um, oh, of course, harmonic percolator's got those kind of sliders. Yeah. It as does. Well. Yeah, and I wondered if this is just that sort of thing. Is it not? Uh, well, the no, no, the I think it uses a different circuit. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the the overload control is is bringing in several things because I think that's that's controlling the octave up for this fuzz, but it's also seems to be controlling like the noise gate and like some sort of self oscillating element of the of the effect as well because it it basically looks like if you shut it down or use it in sort of a reasonable position um, and and use your gain, you'll have a relatively traditional sounding fuzz. But right, boost okay. it up, and then it turns into those sort of like a fuzz factory uh, sort of style sounds, that okay. sort of empress fuzz kind of thing. We um, we need to go and check those guys out at NAM because last year they had loads of cool like one off cool painted designs, and their booth was was wicked last year. Yeah, I'm up for uh, I'm up for that. Definitely go and check out some weirdness at Death by Audio. Talking about the harmonic percolator, yes. I know it was me that was talking about it, but did you see <laughs> another pedal that was announced this week that we wasn't in the news? Was the um, Land Devices HP2? Did oh, not. I love Land Devices. Yeah. See, Mainly um, because all their pedals look like Land Rovers. Uh, do they look like Land Rovers? Well, they look like military things, don't they? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, this has got that. This has got that really going on. This they actually do just call a what. This is their first pedal. Right. And the other pedal that they've done is the um, EP2. Is that the one that you've seen? Is that... Probably. Yeah. I think they're a relatively new company because I'd not heard of them before. 
And the um, they, they do look really military. They do, yeah. So um, just for the benefit of uh, oh, Mark no, and Joe, I must be this is the um, this is the the EP two, which is an Echoplex. Nice. Um, oh, that so, but, so they're literally they're just calling these. Yeah, this is an Echoplex equivalent, and this is a I, uh, I harmonic must be percolator. Thinking equivalent. of someone else, but I love the look. It looks fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Echoplex looks amazing. Um, by the looks of things, they are these pedals are both sold out already. So um, you know. Quite, quite. I'm not sure how many they've made, but um, Two. this this looks fantastic. Really, really cool. You've got um, so yeah, the the uh, HP2. Uh, you've also got um, an extra switch on there that switches from the standard circuit to a Doom circuit. <laughs> Doom. Okay. Um, and it's not sliders. They're like big. Big oversized knobs. Big knobs. But the whole the whole idea of the look of these pedals is that they're super simple, like yeah. stamped. Uh, controls and th- this this one is just like military green. Yeah, 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 yeah. They look fantastic. I definitely recommend people checking out Land Device. It's not a company that I heard of before. Um, someone, so someone, very cool. Someone we have heard of before, and someone who you're a big fan of, Carl Martin. Yeah. So um, have reissued the DC Drive. Well, it's difficult to see. I mean, so the DC Drive um, is a pedal that has existed for a long time, and it's in that um, sort of big clunky. Um, Karl Martin uh, chassis the DC drive also has a boost now the new DC drive which isn't called like the DC drive 2 or anything it's still just the DC drive it's just a a very small compact one uh, one switch um, pedal with uh, you know volume tone and uh, gain on it and then you've also got a regular and fat switch um but yeah, no boost on it, which is very weird. I think, in, you know, considering it's kind of a reissue. Um, but the thing that I do think is is really cool about it is the fact that it has got um, it's it's built into a new, completely new chassis. So this, I think, it looks really nice. It's got like a, mm. it's got like a sort of uh, a bent metal front. Yeah, really nice curvature to it. Because um, coal mine stuff is always um, pretty blocky, and yeah. it's all, it's often yeah. a bit oversized. So if you're putting a pedal board together, well, do you remember I had a I had a hot drive and boost for a long time, which was, it was hard, hard wired. Yeah. I mean, what were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> but they kind of moved away from that, haven't they? The hard wired stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they um, haven't done one of those for quite a while. But still, the boxes are pretty big and not very. Uh, Whereas this new kind of chassis they're working with, yeah, seems to be a bit more designed with pedal boards in mind. Absolutely, and what I'm what I'm really hoping that this leads to is a you know maybe a bit of a resurgence of the Carl Martin stuff. They've done some great pedals over the years, like the yeah. Delayla, fantastic delay pedal. The Red Repeat, I, I really I, uh, liked as well. The TOD I thought was really good. That yeah. was their like turbo overdrive. Um, and they made that really cool fuzz and vibe pedal, the Purple Moon, yeah, uh, which um, I had for a little while, which was amazing. And also the surf, like, surf trim, that yeah, green one, surf trim. That's yeah. it. I mean, they've done some, they've done some great pedals, and they just, they always seem to disappear because they're, it's just not particularly ergonomically designed. And for my, for a lot of people who've got pedal boards, unfortunately, there there is kind of a um, there's kind of a, a there are some parameters that you've got to fit in with nowadays well, if not you want to hardwired get well one. that's certainly one thing but mm. um i i think that this new uh this new design of this car martin pedal looks fantastic and i really do hope that they roll that out to some of the the uh older classic pedals to bring those back into uh back into 2018 as it they never be. do great and marketing not tons of money 
not tons of money. Hundred and thirty-nine dollars. They um they never do great marketing. It's a great company, make great products, but they're just not really. They don't seem to be up to speed with how people want their news and stuff delivered. No, yeah, no. I mean, I d- look at their logo. Their logo is purple and black and seems to have like an eclipsed sun in the background. Yeah, it's got a bit of an 80s vibe. It's a little bit short circuit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, if they've got some new pedals and stuff, as long as they get the message out there and um, get them out to the right people, i.e. us, yeah. um, you know, they could they could really do something this company, I think. You know. 1993, the hot driving boost. Well, there we go. Is was that the, the first pedal? the first yeah. pedal. Yeah. No. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Nice. Well, we'll, um, we'll have to see if we can get any of the new stuff. And um, that is the end of the news for this week. Not a huge amount, but um, yeah, there is a, there was another thing about a big Green Day guitar sale. I don't know if you guys saw I that, but that, I don't no. have yeah, the details. Yeah, Reverb. I was actually just having a look at that. It's absolutely... I mean, Reverb are kind of smashing it at the moment with that because they've got like a total niche that no one has. You know, it's like any store can sell on their website, but then they can also have their own store on there as well yeah um and that's where they do all these things so yeah there's a what they're calling the green day uh garage sale um so but it looks like 1960 ooh. one of his 1960 Paul juniors is going on there 59 one Les of his Paul Gibson Les, yeah the Les Paul jr in sunburst like the classic single cut 59 double cut um and actually, yeah, it looks like some proper stuff because there was a Jay Mascus one recently. And everyone's like, oh, but it clearly stated at the bottom after all the text, like, Jay Mascus will be selling no fuzz pedals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no big buffs. And, like, all of the stuff is, like, because he was just, like, clearing out. Like, obviously, these people end up with loads of stuff. Just clearing out stuff they're just not used or they just bought. So a lot of times you get stuff that was never on a record or, or anything like that. Um, but this actually looks like proper stuff that he's actually actually used yeah that looks um, um it looks awesome i mean that junior so it was 56 there's a 60 sorry 60 yeah, I guess a might... 60 and a 59 the juniors yeah yeah i don't know about the the yeah single coil let's pull junior single cut single coil yeah well they all are well okay coil. but it's it's in a small 
That's not a... That's a P90. Is it just a P90 yeah. chassis? Yeah. All right. Just regular... How many times have we said chassis on this podcast? Chassis. chassis. We've learned a new word. Yeah, they all look um, They all look pretty stunning. I'm going to go and check out that uh, the rest of the stuff. Loads of Gretsch as well. Like, loads how of much um, really cool money. Gretches. Loads of money. Some of these. How, yeah, how much for that Les Paul? The, the single cut the, Les um, Paul? The Billy Corgan one was like... Some of them were like extreme money. Yeah. But I think it was just there for like open for offers. Yeah. But then I saw something today and I didn't look into it. I saw on some forum that n- there was like some Neil Young Behringer pedal that someone bought. It was like a Behringer delay that went for sale that was used by Neil Young and it went for like $400. And someone's like, but they're $25 new. <laughs> I mean, I think in guitar, selling a second hand guitar is a little bit different to selling a second hand pedal. Like, I don't think. You can. There's some rare cases, but you can't really overcharge for the celebrity. The fact that celebrities owned a pedal. I mean, like, unless it's used on a very particular song or in a very particular way. If they've just used it live and like trodden on it a few times, it's not really worth yeah, that much I more, think, is it? I think if it's a vintage one, yeah, especially mate, yeah. like vintage fuzz pedals. Yeah. I think like obviously certain parts can change, but then so much can change with like the way that you actually record a guitar sound did you see that steve albini sold the two three microphones that were used on nevermind no. kirk Cobain's vocals uh, no in in utero in utero yeah um and they were up for like seventy thousand dollars i think what? he was just like he was just like i don't want them like I've, they're a piece of history they should just go to someone's actually going to use them they're too too fragile but they're in in the gatefold of the record yeah There's yeah him singing to all three mics and he's like yeah those are the the three mics um that'd be right wouldn't it just 70 grand good on him i'd say that i'd say that anyway with that shall we get on with this week's round of questions joe says just wondering what the opinions here of do we excuse me just wondering what the opinions are of duesenberg duesenberg Duesenberg. Did you just really do that? Duesenberg. It's definitely not Duesenberg. 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 Wow. You I, don't know what Duesenberg are. I recently bought a Star Player Special well, Baritone. I can't, I can't believe this. I know what they are. Oh, right. I just didn't know how you pronounce it. Duesenberg. Duesenberg. Right. Carry on. I recently bought a Star Player Special Baritone. I needed a baritone to write on. I was quietly excited about... Well, to please, write on? I was kind of... Get some paper. I was quietly excited about welcoming one of these awesome-looking... Duesenberg guitars into my gang it does look cool but I must say I'm very underwhelmed by the guitar um, I've lost his email my email it feels and sounds down. to me like a Korean made guitar there we which go. is fine but I think not for £1200 not that that is the be all and end all but the body is three piece which again I would not expect for the money okay so star player special baritone I assume this is a hollow body guitar yeah, yeah. a lot of their ones are hollow body so they're a German company yep that make like I, th- I think like amazing looking guitars yeah, and some questionable incredible. signature models I mean I don't really need a Johnny Depp signature model but you know oh, yeah. probably anything yeah, I mean, I'm not really another, into that another day yeah. Um, but yeah this is this is the thing is that they've never officially announced where the guitars are made but they are they start at 1200 and they go up to about 2700 okay surely um, they, they have to state somewhere where they're made oh i'm sure no but, they, well they say i think they say like made in germany but i don't think it's like 
actually crafted in Germany. I think basically they're built in a Korean factory and then they're assembled in Germany. But um, we start we start to get into and what we have to say is we don't actually know that. And if they no, haven't said I that, we don't know. That's the thing because I I sold them when I was at Anderson's and I had no clear answer even at that point. It's right. about where they're made and it's like they don't actually state where they're made, so I can't officially tell you where they're made. Now, one of the guys who's on the forum who's actually one of the techs there, uh, Anton said that that's that's where we're, but that's not official. So I'm not going to go into that's officially how how they're done. But they are, um, I think, quite good value for money on the lower price ones. Some of the more expensive ones, I'm a bit that is fairly expensive for what they are. But then, so much. I think we had this conversation a few months ago about how good stuff is coming out of the Korean fact Korean Absolutely. factories. Sure. I'm just like 1200 quid actually is the kind of 1200 is like the new standard I would say for like a benchmark price like if you know like it was always well because the pound got devalued by about 20% <laughs> yeah yeah no but you know how like Mex- you always had Mexican strat and that was kind of like your entry and then you always had like the American standard which was you know maybe 899 when I first started selling them or maybe even slightly yeah. less and that was kind of like your benchmark guitar and then like if you went way above that, you got like expert guitars and you know these, these like handcrafted things. But I think twelve because the way that kind of guitars and prices have changed and where they're being built, twelve hundred seems to be like that's the money you need to spend to open up all your choices. I think under that, there's not a huge amount of choice anymore. But twelve hundred well, seems to be there. There are a lot more around that price range. I think there is, but you're kind of openly saying like I want to go for the lower. priced option so for example if you take the music man stuff you know anything under that kind of price point is the sterling range and anything (laughs) above it is is the uh, you know regular music man same with fender i guess while the um elites coming uh professionals coming in at 1300 1300 quid so anything below that is you know classic player or american special still kicking around yep um and uh gibson is a little bit of an anomaly because obviously you're looking at there you get are, an american made gibson for 499 399 you can't well at the moment 399 yeah but um but, I get, you know they, I they start being good normally kind of around the 899 mark but if you're looking just above, because gibson is so much better than everyone else yeah okay fine um but if you're thinking above a studio then it's about twelve hundred yeah. quid, isn't it? That kind yeah, of right. that mm. kind of price point. So yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, unless you're looking at companies like Reverend, which I think are very good, um, they tend not to stray too far up towards that price point. They're generally, yeah, but then they um, are sort of Eastern build things. Yeah, the, yeah. So the Star Player Special. I mean, one of the things here is that it's a three-piece body. Um, but looking at a Star Player Special, isn't it a hollow body guitar? It's a single um, cut. The, uh, what the was it player. like Les Paul style? Yeah, or sort of. It's a semi-hollow Les Paul style baritone um, guitar. I mean, I'm surprised that uh, that Joe's had uh, an issue with the quality. I mean, fine, you know, if he says it's three piece, but I've I've always thought of Duesenberg as kind of representing this real like high end quality mark for people who like sort of sixties or maybe slightly more Italian inspired guitars. That whole retro oh. look, the whole sort of super Gretsch thing. Um, I've always thought that Duesenberg is sort of representing a do you do you like these sort of things but actually want tuners that work and bridges that 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 function properly and nice yeah. pickups that's what Duesenberg has always been for me you know Duesenberg do a violin bass as well um and it's just they've got rid of all the quirks that Hofner keep that that prevent the violin bass from being a sort of modernly applicable instrument yeah 
um, and and I, I kind of I've always thought about them across the range for for sort of achieving that. Admittedly, uh, you know, a lot of their stuff is hitting the two grand, two and a half grand marks. So Duesenberg are a high end brand, but I think for attention to detail, certainly. F- you know, finish-wise, looks-wise, everyone that I've played, I've been thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with. Yeah, I must admit, I've I've been impressed with all the ones I've played. Some of the, the like they do the Mike Campbell Giant Hollow Boy has got an inbuilt like distortion circuit and stuff in it. They're great guitars. The oh. one thing I I don't get that someone might be able to answer just quickly is how they can be called Duesenberg when you have Duesenberg cars and other two related in any way that's one thing i could never never find out because that's the fr- well, that's where the phrase that's a doozy comes from really if something yeah, yeah comes ah. from Duesenberg cars so in the 30s and 40s they were like the most premium cars you could buy and like if something was amazing it's like oh that's a doozy and Duesenberg, and that's gotcha. where the phrase comes from oh, i assume they're not related and to be honest like Companies can have the same name if they don't produce a similar product. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, look at Boss. Exactly, Hugo Boss and yeah. uh, Boss and, and the Boss, Bo- Boss Coffee, and which is the, the biggest Boss, brand. The Boss Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't make a similar product. Jay, what are we saying on the name? You're doing some reading. I am. Um, is spelled the same as the automobile brand founded in 1920s by brothers Friedrich and August Duesenberg. They themselves had become highly respected for outstanding design, performance, and luxury, just like the cars. That's a nice little. Uh, is nice that, little bit is that on their Wikipedia? This is on the Duesenberg Guitars Wikipedia. Right, okay, uh, Duesenberg Instruments are also called doozy or juicy, which have become a slang expression for extravagance and enthusiasm in past decades, originally associated with the automobiles. Rumour has it when Ron Wood, guitarist of the... I don't know what it says. uh, First unpacked his (sighs) signature uh, edition, uh, he apparently said, ooh, what a doozy, which may be the actual reason why Duesenberg guitars... I I think someone's... Someone's been messing I with the Wikipedia. I think someone's having a, having a laugh here. I don't really understand what's going on. This seems a little bit... <laughs> bit, bit dubious, if oh. you will. Um, so, I mean, in answer to the question, firstly, it, him saying it feels like a Korean-made guitar, we've talked about this so many times, but as long as it feels good and you like it, that doesn't really matter. If you feel like it feels like a twelve hundred pound guitar, you know, it's kind of... It doesn't matter whether it feels Korean or American, and if it does the... How, ju- can, how can something feel like a factory that's what i don't understand how can you go oh that feels korean well, like, no no mark reckons oh, he can I, we, we've had this discussion we talked on about this i know i think we remember this a, a few months ago but I i'm th- like i think it probably was when you weren't on a podcast match i think it was while you were off but i think that guitars of different countries do have very distinctive feels a chinese guitar feels different from a korean guitar a korean guitar feels different from an american guitar and so on and so on but it doesn't mean they're better or worse most of the you know a lot of the time a, a 1200 a chinese guitar generally will not feel or won't be as nice because it's generally a cheaper mm. guitar you know um but anyway i i think forget about the fact that it feels korean it doesn't really matter if you feel like you've got a decent playing guitar for the money that you paid that's fine it doesn't matter where it feels like it came from um the thing for me would just be if you're not into it and you can return it, then do that. You know, it, it really is a case of if you just don't get on with it, send it back. Get yeah, one that, get one that you, you do like. If you want to kill a baritone, ML3 would be a signature. 
1200 quid that's yeah, such the, a great uh, guitar the chapman ml3 yeah definitely that's um it's... absolutely amazing for the money that is the, hands down i think one of the best playing guitars and and a baritone as well like amazing definitely yeah we like that a lot Kaysen says best use of vibrato the effect not the technique in a song joey b this seems like it might be up your street <laughs> i saw this question on the group and i was i was like oh this this, this will be well up my street because i i have vibrato on like almost all the time and i realized that i can't think of any actual music where you know any sort of f- famous bands that, that use vibrato an awful lot i mean I think it's applicable more kind of you know in a in a in a in a genre sense of the word. I think it's I think vibrato is great for soundscaping like uh partnering it up with um uh things like the Digitech time bender or delays or or weird weird delays or weird reverbs things like the earthquake devices afterneath uh anything that gives you weird modulated tails plus the 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 vib- the vibrato of your note rather than like using a tremolo where you're just sort of cutting the note those two things together are great for making spooky soundscape kind of noises i think vibrato's got loads of really useful application um great for soundscaping but it crucially needs to be partnered with something i mean i actually use it on its tod but i'm trying to make like weird spooky Um, bass sounds just thinking yeah vibrato Joe, you, you'll probably be the only. Well, maybe Jay might know this riff, but um, "One Arm Scissor" by the Mars Volta. Yeah. The lead line isn't that vibrato? Probably. Uh, Thinking of vibrato and distortion, that's the only example I could think of actual vibrato. Yeah, and uh, the thing I, is, it was a totally unpopular effect over. when it first when it yeah. first came out. Yeah, absolutely. It was but a it total took, failure. It took you guys long enough to to reissue the the VB2. Uh, as the yeah, as the boss VB2W, yeah, which there is a go. great pedal and an absolute staple on my board. But you know, it's very recent that it came out, and before then, we were relying on Behringer Ultra Vibrators because no one was doing it right. Because Univibes don't, it's a different thing. Yeah, they were yeah. they they're not extreme enough, and yeah. there was no one doing it. And so, yeah, the the only option was that Behringer, um, uh, do I call it Ultra Vibrato? Yeah, and then there was the um, TC did the shaker, which was also really good. But I think for me, yeah, the VB2W is is absolutely killer. Oh, in fact, speaking of vibrato, this is quite a nice segue into this. Um, in January, uh, TC Electronics are, are launching... Are you getting paid by TC on this episode? Why? Just mention them a lot. Uh, I'm mates with Tor. Yeah, okay, I'll see. Just anyway. Slipping you a free pizza or something every yeah, now and then. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, <laughs> they're launching my, uh, my tone print, my guitar nerd's tone print. Yep. which is a bone print which is a they're, they're putting out some bone videos <laughs> some videos of me and Tor making a tone print together and okay. I made a uh, I've got my own shake of vibrato did you uh, did you do this with your katana hat on or polymath hat on well it's uh, it was for polymath or, songs but but I'm being interviewed as part of katana it's good good so everyone everyone uh, in the boss office kept asking for Bo did like, they oh, can we meet Bo you're gonna to have to go over there. What if it's like, um, you know, Beatles go to America? What if you get swamped when you land? Just millions of bow fans Probably. turn up. So okay, so the, I had to. They TC sent me the three YouTube videos for approval. I think I showed you guys this last week, didn't <laughs> you I? Did. <laughs> but I will tell everyone. TC sent me the three videos they're putting out of me for approval, and uh, they're great. They're fine. The videos are well edited enough. They're they're fine. And then 
it sort of tour introduces it says he's talking to me and then my name flashes up on the screen and it says joe banton yes <laughs> some sort of crossbreed between bo banton and and myself it's the brundlefly machine just right. you're in there and you've uh, brundleflied yourself great um there are elements i like to think that you joe and bo is two separate parts of your personality and joe banton is the ultimate mix <laughs> that's who you really are <laughs> dr <laughs> dr branton and mr bo <laughs> Yes, someone please Photoshop that. Oh, I forgot to say we got an excellent, um, an excellent song through this week. A oh, I didn't hear it remix. yet. Remix. I'll play it to you guys at the end, and I'll put it. I might put it at the beginning of the podcast. Actually, as a special little Christmas treat because fantastic. it is fantastic. But I forgot we should mention it at the beginning. Maybe, maybe I'll do a little intro to it. It's, it's some excellent work from loyal guitarist listener Moog Gravit. Um, so um, Chad says. So, is the Baja Telly that much better? I love the look, colour, vintage vibe, pickup, switching, etc. And overall, just want one of the 60s in faded sonic blue. Would it be dumb to trade my Mexican standard and Epiphone ES339 to find out the Baja is not really far from my Mexican standard? Especially since my Mexican Telly already has an ashtray bridge and goto brass saddles. J Cross. I mean... I mean, you know what I'm going to say. We're asking the wrong person, really. You know what I'm going to say. I mean, I completely agree with what you're going to say, but I really don't like Mexican standards. No, I I understand that. I, I've I've always felt that you can do, you could do worse than to spend a little bit more money up front and and get a classic player over a standard. But that said, Chad has has done a bit of that in that he's bought a Mexican standard and then put an ashtray bridge and goto brass saddles on it which is going to make it have more of that vintage vibe 100%. you know it's going to make it sound a bit more ringy and everything I think a lot of it comes down to um, how you feel about the neck well that's yeah exactly it's going to be the so, feel isn't it yeah, do you completely. like vintage necks I mean what, d- depending on where you go because the, the 50s so the original Baja which you can get in uh, black blonde and it's honey blonde and no, it's butterscotch blonde. Butterscotch blonde and black and there's one other color. The white one. No, it's not white. Oh, anyway, it doesn't I matter. Thought there were just two. Maybe no, it's anyway. just two. No, maybe there's three, three colors. Okay. Uh, no, oh, maybe it's. Oh yeah, and then just a two color sunburst. Oh, of course. Wasn't yeah. there a vintage white one though? There have been numerous FSRs. Yeah, okay. No, there was a vintage I'll, white classic. Player. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Classic player. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, classic, uh, vibe. classic vibe. Right. Okay. So no, it's not confusing. Modern no, no, player, no. classic vibe, classic player. Um, so anyway, with the 50s model... Modern, modern vibe. With the 50s model, you've got custom shop, twisted telly and broadcaster pickups and a really chunky uh, 50s style neck. And then with the 60s, which is the one that uh, Chad is suggesting he's thinking about getting, you've got a, uh, a slimmer rosewood, a slimmer neck with a rosewood board and then it's got... Um, which is a bit weird but it's got an American vintage 52 in the bridge and an American vintage 58 in the neck <laughs> so they're 50s pickups but on a 60s spec guitar um, and that I, I actually think has got a really nice really easy playing neck but you've still got the uh, sort of ringy saddles the ashtray bridge and I, I just think all in all they're they're just better guitars yeah and i appreciate the the difference between when we started podcasting when these guitars were you know 500 quid and it's it was only a hop step and a jump up from a a mexican standard there is a bit more of a difference now um for me i i still think 
I still think it's the best guitar you can buy for under a thousand pounds. Well, it, it comes down to the the whole concept behind classic player as a as a range, which we've spoken about loads, but I guess we haven't spoken about recently. Um, which yeah, it feels like bar Hartelli's if kind of you know we haven't. I can't remember the last time we actually talked about a bar. It's because every time every time I do it. People who are driving to work have to pull over and go and take a shot, and no one ever gets to work on <laughs> this. Jay, explain, explain for listeners who might not be aware the concept behind Classic Player and how it came to be. So the Classic Player guitars are uh, Mexican-built Fenders that were designed by the custom shop guys who basically said, right, if you want to build a really banging guitar for X amount of money you should use this spec, use this neck, use these pickups, paint it in these colours because they look cool, and this, that, and the other. And there you go. You've got your your um, budget custom shop guitar. Um, so that's where that came from. And I, I've always thought that the Baja was the standout model of all of those classic players. And I know, I get, I know I'm boring, and people who've been listening to us for the last four years are just, their eyes have fallen back inside of their brains because they're so bored of hearing me talk about Baja Telly. Um, but they're so they're so good. They're they so are. good. I the four way switch. You've got you've got a, a bridge, no, normal normal like uh, neck and bridge neck, and then you stick it in the fourth position, and you go neck into bridge like a stacked humbucker in in series. Oh god, they're so good. They're so good. Um, my only thing would be that. In comparison to when they first launched, there is a lot of competition for me at a similar price point. Agreed. That is not necessarily from Fender. I really, really like the Sterling James Valentine. Agreed. Yeah, so I do I. That would, in terms of feel, because I, I haven't spent much time with it plugged in. In terms of feel, that would be up there with a the Baja Telly. Also, the as we've talked about many times, the Reverend. And if you want a Telly, the Buckshot, I think it's called. Um, is the one with the Telly pickup in the bridge and a Gretsch pickup in the neck, which would be really, really nice. I think feel-wise, that is up there um, with the Baja Telly. So there's a few other options. I wouldn't just put, pin all your hopes on a Baja Telly. Maybe have a look around at some other recommended guitars at sort of seven, 800 quid. And then decide that you were wrong to deviate from... The Baja Telly, the you, best guitar you can buy for under a thousand pounds. You will probably end up buying a Baja Telly because it is very, <laughs> very so, good. They are so good. But I, think, I mean, the thing is, the fifties one is the, the. It's not just the thickness of the neck that's nice. It's the extra weight of that neck yeah. that gives it more resonance and a little bit more depth. And yeah, it, they had just a great guitar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do one last quick question. Ed, friend of the podcast, Ed McNulty says, "Could anyone recommend a chorus and reverb pedal similar to the Ryan Adams VCR, or should I try and sell?" Me, or try and sell me a bassist on the VCR. Matt, what do you reckon? Um, I think it's a great pedal. Um, I think it just isn't like an all-in-one, just three controls, volume, chorus, and reverb, and then you can just set and forget. I don't know how much he's really going to need to change the sounds very much between... I mean, is it just? do you think it's just going to be like a set and forget thing, or does he really want to like adjust? Because if you want to like mess around with different reverb types or maybe kind of dial it in a bit more then it's probably better going for two separate pedals yeah there's probably not one pedal that's going to do that is it? and there well, are very few combination chorus and reverb I yes guess. but there are some there are some things out there that will do a sim a similar thing because the concept of this is 
which is a great idea, which is similar to what I was suggesting with the vibrato, is modulating your your reverb or your delay just to make it a, a, a bit thicker, a bit wider. Um, and there are a couple of other pedals that will do that sort of thing, modulation on your delay or reverb, not necessarily strictly chorus. Yeah, but I think in... I think in the VCR, I think they sit in parallel. I don't think they run in series. Right, I see. Um, so you're not actually running one into the other. They're just kind of being Sitting merged together at yeah. the end. So the idea, I think, was that you basically... He loves the sound of an old... I think he was like, oh, I love the sound of my old CE2 and then like an old an old hall reverb. So the reverb's not even a spring, it's a hall. Um, so yeah, I think it's like a CE2, a whole reverb, and then just a volume boost. That's pretty and cool. I think they run. I think they run in parallel, and then it's just like it's just a tone in a box. It's like a Ryan Adams tone in a box. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, from, but I think maybe it'd be better to go for a separate chorus and reverb. I, I think, especially maybe. as a bass player, I think choruses really need some controls on them. I, otherwise, they're just too toppy. Just as an effect, they tend to be geared to be so toppy for bass mm. players, so it can be a little tricky. One thought: Does the RE twenty have any modulation on it? Does it have any chorus function? No, she's got reverb. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are and delay. Obviously. There are two things, both by the same company, both different types of pedals that that occurred to me just because they give so much modulation to the the sort of the the reverb on them. And the Meris, the Meris Mercury Seven. That's reverb. a good shout. Yeah. And actually, the the new Meris Delay, which is kind of a reverby delay because it's so washy like the 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 delay tails are so dark it's almost a reverb which is the polymoon and both of them have their own like um uh dimension controls or modulation controls yeah. which is kind of essentially chorus so especially the mercury 7 i think is uh gives you the option to like heavily heavily modulate all your all your verb and create some real interesting soundscape things i think for bass that would be a super interesting pedal to uh, you know to to try out because I think you've got enough control on there that you can thicken everything up that said Meris pedals are in pounds 319 quid a pop mm. no matter what pedal you go for in their range so they're super super expensive but um, really 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 good yeah 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 so some options there to explore um, I don't think any of us have tried that stuff on bass unless you've tried the Meris stuff on bass yeah I've tried the Meris stuff on bass it's cool sounds okay. cool well there we go so maybe um, check that one out Ed um, but also, I'm actually going to be with him next week well maybe just so maybe I'll maybe just, I'll film a uh, Ed McNulty Ed buys a chorus and reverb pedal that sounds good video. Put Instagram stories that there we go sounds good with that we should wrap up this final uh, episode for uh, 2017 um, if you want to hear what an awful way to finish what just talking about Ed McNulty bigging up Ed McNulty yeah, such an idiot um, with that we should uh, wrap this up um, we're going to be going over to the Patreon episode to record half an hour extra like we do every week this week we're going to be talking about things we want to see in 2018 this is the sort of thing that I like to do yeah yeah Matt are you going to be joining us or do you need to go to sleep I I will join you as long as we don't take too long to crack straight back into it. Good. Matt, he's going to join us on that. He, he looks, looks like, like he's, he's going to pass out. Yeah, he looks like he's going to fall asleep. <laughs> he's on Tokyo time. So, uh, 
Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I'm glad you're joining us, Matt. That's all I'm saying. If you want to oh, hear it's that, the end of the year, in it. Christmas yeah, Christmas. If you want to hear that, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. We're from as little as $1 a month. You can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. At the $5 a month tier, you get an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds content every week, plus access to the mini series and interviews that we do, including Branton's Ranton, the series where Joe Branton uh, rants on things that he hates. We're in the middle of series two at the moment. Um, episode four just came out. Is that right? Yeah, someone, I think episode three. Episode three just came out. So there's three more of those mm-hmm. to go. Plus, you can listen to all of Matt's tour diaries. Like he said, there's over 300 hours uh, on there. Um, of and, Matt's tour diary. Yeah, Matt's tour diary, indeed. Um, but, but yeah, loads of other stuff as well. An extra half an hour every week. At the $10 tier, you get your name read out on the end of the podcast by Joe Branton in one breath, like these people have. Um, what, what backing track should we do? I love the idea of someone just listening to this in their car with like actual normal family members in there. Maybe they've saved it up for a Christmas drive home and they've got their family in there. Maybe they're driving home for Christmas. Chris Rea had a heart attack the other day, didn't he? Chris Rea had a heart attack? Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like Joe's having one right now. Are you okay? Yeah. With that, um, we should uh, definitely wrap this up. If you want to join in the conversation, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at guitar nerds and follow us on YouTube at uh, youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos. It's definitely the end of the year. Definitely Christmas break is coming up. We're going to take two weeks off. Do catch the Christmas special. Do sign up for Patreon and listen to Matt's tour diary. Um, and do join us. Ah, oh, the next time we're going to be in this room, boys, is going to be for probably eight to nine hours recording gear of the year, which will be coming on the 8th of January. Bloody hell. Oh, God. Thanks very much, and we'll speak to you next time. Have a good Christmas. Merry Christmas, Bye. everyone. Merry Christmas and prosper. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 